Did you find the files? I don't even know what they look. What do they look like? They're in the computer. They're in the computer? Yeah, they're definitely in there. I just don't know how he labeled them. I got it. You gotta figure it out. Roger. In the computer. It's so simple. Welcome to Talking Giants. The off-season is gone and underway. I'm your host, Bobby Skinner, coming to you from Florida. Here with my co-host, Danny King, coming to you from New York. We've got not a lot to get to, but a lot out of a little. Dave Gettleman talked to the media, Danny, and we're going to go through all that to start off. And then just a full look into the show. In the off-season, we do this every once in a while. We record the second part first because it's going to be the meat of the episode. We want to see how long it goes. And Danny, we went over like 30 minutes on just the second part of the show. We went through everything. Every single Dave Gettleman pick and graded it. So that's what you have to look forward to. So maybe like skip forward if you want to. Just kidding. Don't do that. But you're we want to go to the to. Dave Gettleman. Yeah, do not skip forward. Do not do that. Because we want to talk about the Dave Gettleman press conference. Because there's, I mean, I have a page full of notes on this. I don't want to spend as much time <laughs> on that. Anyways, Danny, I'm rambling. How are you doing, man? I'm doing good. I mean, Dave Gettleman needs to learn uh, to put a few words before and uh, some of his sentences. But I'm doing good. <laughs> <laughs> that's the thing danny it's people like eat that kind of stuff like computer folks gets eaten up um he and called the them puppies wow that will see that one was like that was that, there's no problem like you, you can't i shouldn't even be able to make fun of that one. that was just people being like just looking for something to be mad with and listen those people are out there and i get it but we're not the look to be mad we'll be mad at what needs to be mad at not looking for things to be mad um, the computer folks line. Now, granted, that one's funny. There is a lot of jokes that have been made from the computer folks. Um, our friend Kyle Bennett, who does uh, a, like a Philly sports thing. You know, you went on his show. I went on his show. He did the uh, Dave Gettman's four computer folks and it's the four we characters. <laughs> that, that's great. Like, that, that's when Dave Gettman really showed his age. Like, hey, we brought in four computer folks. I'm like, <laughs> he really just called them folks, four computer folks. <laughs> <laughs> computer folks, a big analytics guy. I'm surprised you didn't, the... didn't make the joke like I went to Best Buy and talked to the Geek Squad. I'm surprised <laughs> didn't make that joke. I know. Um, and we'll get serious in a second. And then, Dave Gettleman. <laughs> People, they come along. You can't say <laughs> that Daniel Jones came quicker than we thought. <laughs> can't say Daniel Jones, he he comes quicker. He, 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 he comes quicker. He comes quick. That's what he said. Daniel Jones comes quick. It's unbelievable. You can't say that. Let me let me pull up the audio of it. Uh-huh. You just can't say that. He said. We really believed in Daniel. We didn't know he'd come that fast. You can't say that, Dave Gettleman. You can't do it. It can't be done. You cannot say that. And he did it like three other times. It was almost like he was messing with us. <laughs> There's no way he doesn't realize that. It's almost like he was messing with us. Yeah, it was 11 o'clock in the morning. I'm sitting in my bed listening to the press conference, and then I hear that. I, I like, I like, I like sit up a little bit. I, I like rewind just to hear that again. I'm like, did he say what I think he just said? And I was, I was like, man, dude, like just, just put a, just put like along there or something. Can't do that, Dave Gettleman. My gosh, <laughs> ridiculous. Let me, Eric. come that fast <laughs> one, more time. one more time we really believed in daniel we didn't 
know he'd come that fast. <laughs> can't do that. You can't. We're, we're, like, we're like five years old. It's funny. I don't care what anybody says. All right. It's like we're in high school. Let's get into the real thing. Let's talk. Let's actually talk about this press conference because it made a lot of people mad. It didn't make me mad just because I don't put much stock in the pressers. But there were some things that were like, okay, that's good. And there were some things that aren't that bad. So let's start off with the tone, Danny. He was humbled. He was humble when, and even times when he disagreed with people, he'd be like, "I, but I understand where you're coming from." Um, like when Arch Stapleton said, "Like, hey, that's a contradiction." It's like, I, I get that. I understand what you're saying. So he was humble. Now it could very well could have been fake humble. I get that. But Danny, he didn't have like the kind of arrogance or the joking like that he's had in the past. No, like he he legitimately answered questions. As you said, there's no joking party. When he answered your questions, he answered them legitimately. And that, and that, I was at least happy about that, that he took this press conference seriously. Because when you hit away for since what well, feels like forever, you, you better come out there and answer these questions to the best of your ability. And for the most part, he did do just that. Yeah. Um, yeah, he did do that. So let, let's start with the analytics folks, the four computer folks. Let's go through that. It was clarified by Patricia Traina and John Smith. Now, John Smith works for the organization, so you could be like, Homer, Homer, Homer. But, like, I don't think they're lying. Supposedly that was literally, like, cause he, and he said software randomly in there. That wasn't, like, the guys who do analytics. It was literally people programming software for the scouting department. It wasn't, like, scouts who use analytics. Supposedly that's what it was. And that, like, that makes sense. He's, it's not just, like, some, like, oh, they're, they're these, these geeks, these freaking nerds out here. Like it, it was actually makes some kind of sense. Yeah, like the, the like we needed like someone like at least maybe like in their twenties to translate what Dave Gellman was saying to us right there because that That's makes sense. That's what we're here for. That's what we're yeah. here for, Danny. That's what we're here for because when he said that, that made absolutely no sense. Now knowing that they brought a software guys to maybe up upgrade their system, it makes sense. That that that's something that John Mayer said he's he's done a lot for his organization that we haven't seen. That's something right there we haven't seen. Yeah, and then so let's talk about analytics because they asked him like, "Hey, Dave, you've mocked analytics in the past when he did the fake computer thing after the Saquon pick." With the Saquon pick in particular, he he's like, "I understand the devaluation of the running back, but Saquon's special, and that's what I should have said. I shouldn't have mocked. I should have said that Saquon's special. He's a once in a lifetime kind of talent. That's what I should have said." Now that doesn't mean you have to agree with that, but like he did clarify, and he's and what he said was. You guys don't give me any throwaway lines. And that's what – and Dave Gettleman has, in his past, has been an entertainer. He likes to make jokes. But when you're losing, those jokes come back to bite you because then people use those lines literally. And he just said, like, hey, listen, it was a throwaway line. And kind of, you know, that's what I assumed all the time. And as far as analytics that they are – like, people are like, oh, are they really using them or are they just saying that to make people happy? Danny, me and you both know that they've been using analytics for some time. Now, the question is how much. But Pat Shermer has referenced analytics – numerous times in his press conferences and we've known and now they haven't came out and said hey look at our analytics team but dan we have known that they have analytics employees in the past now are how much are they using them that's uh, a question that we just don't know the answer to yeah we just we that that's an inside the organization thing we don't know we've heard them referencing and heck maybe dave gelman maybe his mind changed on uh analytics from that time obviously he said he what he should have said Dave Gellman, no, he needs to know he's in the New York market. We will we will dig deep into, back to find out what you said and use that against you. And as you said, if we're winning, we'd be like, oh, Dave, you're a jokester. But since 
We went five and eleven last year, and now four and twelve this year. Nothing's funny to us. Fans are wasting their money going to these games. We want winning. We don't need your your crappy jokes. That's not what we need right now. That's exactly what it is, Danny. It's if okay, like Bill Belichick, the way he acts, like most Patriots fans do not care. But if they were losing and he was acting like that, they would freak out on it because it's like this guy is so arrogant, doesn't answer a single question. But when they're winning, it works, and that's that's that's. That's the business, Danny. And I'm not saying that's wrong, but that is the business. Um, as far as like you, they're using analytics. Now people are like, oh, well, how are they using analytics? And he talks about watching film. I don't think analytics has Trump film for them. Film is always king, and it should be, at least from my point of view, Danny. I think analytics should be a tool, but I think film is much more important than analytics. I think analytics should help. I think analytics is not. I, I wouldn't even use really use analytics for. Like scouting a player. Now you could talk about positional value and like running the ball on first down and stuff like that, game plan wise. But as far as like just looking at a player individually, like let's figure out how good Daniel Jones is or Saquon Barkley. I don't think analytics really should play any part of that. No. You can use analytics for like referencing, but like it you gotta look at the film to see what a player does best. Analytics, yeah, they could give you an idea. But using your own eyes to make your own opinion, that's how that's how it should be done. Analysts can help guide you, but use your own eyes to formulate your own opinion and determine, hey, this guy, I can see him fitting in here, or I don't see him fitting here because you do this, this, and this wrong. Because analysts, they can be wrong every once in a while. But your eyes, you, you can trust your gut every once in a while as well. All right, now let's talk about what I think the media did the best job was grilling him on Leonard Williams because Leonard Williams was a halfway through the year kind of thing. We haven't heard from him since. Um, he said that his reasoning was is he wants to get him, he wanted to get him in the building and figure out him, him out. That's nice and all, but I don't, I don't like that. Um, and the beat reporters even said like, why didn't you just take a chance on him for agency? Like what? Okay. Like what if you lose him? Then you spent draft picks on just on, on scouting a guy, you should be able to do that already. On the other side of that, and I've heard uh, people say, um, I forget the kid's name. Let me look it up. Uh, Vincent, do you know his last name? He does. Um, it's like Grasperati or something like that. Yeah, he does his own thing. Um, he's a young kid. He does. He does good stuff. I don't, you know, like anybody, I don't agree with everything he says or everything he uses. But yeah, Vincent Grasperati. He pointed out that maybe other teams were going to trade for him, and then they were going to have this thing where that team were to get him. Say the 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 Ravens traded for him. They want something. I'm just throwing out a random team. That um, makes sense. Although, Danny, there wasn't any rumors around anybody, any other team. And I get Glazer's the most connected to the Giants. But Glazer said Leonard Williams to the, and the Giants on the Sunday before the trade deadline. So, it's I don't buy that. And we talk about it later in the episode. I, I don't like this trade. I don't like going and – I would have rather just overpaid for him in free agency and outbid everyone than giving up those picks for that kind of guy. And I and Leonard Williams is a net positive this though for this team as far as a player. Just as a player, not as like the trade. Um and um I can't remember who it was, whether it was Pat Leonard or somebody like, oh, but Boston Scott, he had two hundred something yards. The def- the run game has not got better. And Dave Gellman said, um, well it doesn't take one guy. Now people are like, oh my gosh, he's gonna draft another defensive tackle. That's not what he said. He said it takes more than one guy. What it means is our middle, our linebackers, inside linebackers are horrible, Danny. That they are probably the worst inside linebacker duo in the NFL. 
with David Mayo and Alec Ogletree. You had to have Michael Thomas playing down there. And those guys can't get off blocks. And Danny, Dave Gilman didn't have the numbers in front of him, but our guy, Anthony, at Anthony NY Giant, who just joined the Talking Giants team, go give him a follow. He went and did the numbers before the Leonard Williams trade. The Giants were giving up 127 yards per game on the ground, 4.2 yards per carry. After, 94 yards per game, 3.4 yards per carry. That's a difference. Like that's And that's like a fairly significant difference. If your running back is carrying the ball for 4.2 yards per carry, like that's good on him. If it's 3.4, you're saying this guy is horrible, Danny. So for them to say that is just not true. Yeah, we, the line we want to trade – it, it one he needed like he, he said like I only come out and talk when it's a big thing that that was a big thing he should have came out and talked about but obviously he didn't the trade it, I I once again we don't know if anyone was actually out there going for him. maybe the Jets decided to try and bait Dave Gettleman into a trap and clearly if that's the case they did that very well now let's say take Dave Gettleman by his word and say there were other teams around wanting Leonard Williams, then you can argue the trade makes sense, but you gave up draft capital, which Dave Gellman says is very valuable. We Maybe if we went to free agency, Leonard Williams would not have wanted to sign with the Giants because see, hey, they're bad, but since he was traded here, maybe he's like, hey, this team wants me, but that's something we can only tell in the future. I, I, I love the beat reports for grilling him for that. That that was perfect because he needed to be grilled for that because he hid in the he hid in the shadows when it happened. He finally answered the questions. He he took a risk and it's we're gonna find out one as long as he signs a contract then that part of the risk is is good and then we need to see how he's able to contribute to this defense next year. And he said Leonard Williams was because they were like, what if he does? What if he tests free agency? And Dave Gettleman said, well, he was in my office yesterday and said he wants to be there. That doesn't mean anything. And we all know that. That doesn't mean anything. No. That just means he wants to be here. doesn't mean he's not going to test for agency. Um, and the thing is, Danny, is I, this is why I don't like this trade. It's because you could have just went and overpaid for him. I love Leonard Williams. I'm glad Leonard Williams is a New York Giant. But you could have just went and outbid everybody for him. You didn't have to give up the draft picks. And listen, I understand that. Now, Dave Gellman has done good with those draft picks. But at the same time, third-round picks, I mean – would you trade Leonard Williams for Lorenzo Carter? Yes. Even with the big contract. You you would. You would do that trade straight up, especially if you have cap space. But the fact of the matter is you could have gotten Lorenzo Carter and Leonard Williams. I'm just using Lorenzo Carter as an example because he's a third-round pick. So that that's my point on that. Now, the other thing he looked really bad was saying, well, if we don't bring him back, we get a comp pick. No, because we're going to go out and sign free agents, Danny. And we're go- like, if, say, Leonard Williams signs for $14 million, and and that's like our only guy who leaves and signs a contract. Let's say let's say Alec Ogletree goes and gets another ten million. It won't happen. But let's just say that, and a few other people. So uh, the guys that leave end up making, let's say, with the little contracts, thirty-two million dollars. That's and that's highballing it. But if the Giants spend more than that, Danny, they don't get a comp pick. It's how much money you not lost, but what was your net? How much money was spent? From guys that were on your roster last year, compared to how many, how much money did you spend bringing in guys to your roster? So he was completely wrong on that. If Leonard Williams walks, we are not getting a comp pick. Yeah, it's like you're the GM. You really need to know how comp picks work. That and that's a risk he. I'm hoping he knows he's going to take because if Leonard Williams does decide to go out and test free agency and he gets a better contract than when he's going off, he's clearly going to take that. And we're losing out on a third round pick, and then we already lost that on two that went to the Jets. So then it would be really bad on Dave Gellman. That would, as John Mara 
convoluted to, his batting average would be even lower. And Dave Gellman putting a lot of hope Leonard Williams does decide to resign here because if he doesn't do that, that is probably, I would argue, maybe one of the top things that Dave Gellman, like a, a very bad thing Dave Gellman's done. That that my opinion, that could be maybe the top, giving out two draft picks, which you could get guys out of, which Dave Gellman has done, and you let this guy walk for. And you just get nothing out of it. That could be for me. It is the worst move, and I le- I know you like the deal, Danny, and, and we'll get to that it, later. But for yeah, me, it's yeah. the worst move. If he gets the deal done, I'm a fan of the move. If he doesn't if he get gets the deal it for done, cheap. If, but if he has to outbid, yes, 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 like if he's paying like 14 million, 12 million, and it's like, why don't you just spend like 15 million outbidding everybody? Because that's yeah. what happens. These guys go to the highest bidder. Yeah. Uh, so and and that's it. And we're gonna talk about that kind of stuff in the second half of the show. All right. Next topic on the line. Uh, Dave, there's some, there's rumblings that guys don't want to work with you. Now, Danny, we know f- we're, we're coming to sound like Matt Rule, who that rumor was the highest for, isn't true. And we don't know anything, but that was told. Matt Rule was not going to work with Dave Kelman. It's kind of seeming like that's not true. So it's hard to buy into that. Um, and Dave said, like John Mayer said, he's like, once they get to meet me, I think I think they will like to work with me. I don't know where this comes from. And you know what? And when they do meet me, they get to say, and he this was his line. They can come and say, "Hey Dave, what up?" Which I thought was kind of a funny line, to be honest. Hey Dave, what up? What up, Dave? I, I mean, it, it, yeah, you don't know Dave Gell until you sit down and have a conversation with him. Like as we said, he seems hard around the edge, but maybe when you get to know him, he's like a, a, a nice guy. Like a nice and I, I agree. I agree with that. I think Dave is kind of a football head. He jokes around. He's kind of brash. But I think once you get him in there and you actually start actually talking football and not these kind of – like you don't talk a lot of football in these press conferences. So you don't get to really see the whole Dave Gellman because these press conferences – and he has to be all dishonest. You have to be dishonest in these press conferences on a lot of issues. Like the Odell thing when people are like, How? he was dishonest. It's like he had to be. He couldn't be honest about them shopping Odell. Um, so that's that. And then the idea of like why didn't you come out and talk? Now, for me, Danny, this doesn't bother me because there's nothing he said. Nothing he says is gonna like change my opinion. I just look. I I look at his actions, but I get why people want to hear from him, and I definitely get why the media wants to hear from him because they can write articles like it's it's some of the biggest stuff they get. Um, he did say he felt bad sending Pat Shermer out for there, and they're like, why don't you just go out there? So yes, would I like to hear from Dave Gellman uh, in week eight or after a trade? Yeah, but I also like it doesn't bother me that he doesn't. I and it it does bother some people, and I understand that. I'm not. I'm not saying, oh, like, how do you care about that? Um, but I also know myself. I always get hyped for these press conferences. And then I'm like, well, that was a bunch of nothing. And this one had some substance in it, but it wasn't a lot of information. I mean, we didn't learn a whole lot. Like, what I, I, I want to hear Dave Gellman speak, a, like, at least a little bit more. Now, I'm not saying he needs to speak, like, every other two weeks. If he, like, if he wants to talk at least at the bye and then at the end of the season, like, for those in-season stuff, that, that's fine for me. Just talk at the bye and then talk at the end. You could talk, like, at the draft or, like, whenever they see you. That's fine. But, like, yeah, when he's saying, like, oh, I felt bad for Pat Shermer. It's like, you should have maybe came out at least once, and, and and I say at the bye, just to talk about what's going on with this team and why it's not going according to plan. The Larry Williams trade, he needed to come out and speak about that, but here we are. We we're having to grill him about it. If he came out when it happened, or at least a few days after it happened, it would have made sense. But as he said, he he's not a big guy that goes out there and talks in season. He just leaves that to the coaches, and he comes talk at the end of the season. And For most GMs reason, don't. Yeah, but the I thing like- was, is they asked, because he said, like, uh, well, 
when GMs do talk in the season, it's because something big happened. And I think it was our friend Dan Duggan. I think he said, but it did. You, the Leonard Williams trade. And he's like, and I didn't talk. Like, he didn't have an answer for that. But what I think he meant by that was, like, firing a coach in the middle of the season. But I didn't think he wanted to explain that. But Dan Duggan did make him look stupid for that, <laughs> that far. <laughs> yeah, and I feel like I feel like every once in a while, Jerry Reese did talk in – the midseason. That that's the only other time I want to hear from Dave Gollum, if anything. Midseason and the end. Unless, as you said, something big happens, then that'd be fine with me. Yeah. Um. What else was there? Oh, Art. Art asked him about like because you know Dave said you built the draft. Or it's like, well, it's kind of contradictory if you're trading picks for Leonard Williams. And he said, uh, and I get what he's, like you do. And Dave Gellman has built for the draft. There's been 16 draft picks, and there's going to be more this year. Um. You know, there's more drafts than, you know, signings. And that includes, like, little signings. Uh, but he, but what I got out of that was he says you don't want, you don't want to have less than $20 million in cap space, which is ironic as much dead cap there was this year, but I understand it because they were getting rid of guys and trying to rebuild. Um, but that does show that they're not going to use all $80 million of cap. And thank God they're not going to either. No, yeah, we the Giants are. I did get the vibe with Dave Gillen that they would go out there and spend a ton of money. Now I do expect them to maybe go pick up one decently named guy, but other than that, as you said, they're gonna leave the sum aside for draft, getting players at season. So yeah, it makes sense. Dave Gillen's not gonna be a big spender in free agency because Dave Gillen's a guy who clearly shows he's gonna build through the draft, and that's how you build in the NFL nowadays. You build through the draft, free agency. You use the plug hole. The draft is where you want the meat of your team to be, and that's where the Giants are going right now. All right. All right. So other notes I had. Um, let's see. Uh, he said we're all on notice. You know, that, that's kind of a nothing answer. All right. Here's the last thing. Kim Jones. I think everyone knows I can't stand Kim Jones. And she asked, like, well, the culture hasn't got better. Kim Jones, yes, it has. And she brought up Janoris Jenkins. Well, Janoris Jenkins was cut. And Janoris Jenkins saying – the word that people get mad if I say, or even if I'm just describing something and not making fun of it. And I'm not going back through all that. He says the R word. I'll just say the R word. Um, like, it's like, okay, but then we cut him. Like, there wasn't, like, a big problem in the locker room. There wasn't guys going doing interviews. There wasn't meltdowns on the sidelines. There wasn't this, and there wasn't that. So, like, the culture has been good. Now, you might think that's overplayed, and I do, too, if, to an extent. And I don't think you need a locker room full of saints. Um, now, I don't want what Odell was. I, I do not like that. But I don't think you need a locker room full of Saints either. And then she asked, like, Dave, you're, you know, they're, they're, you've won nine games in the two years, and you're acting like everything's fine. It's like Kim Jones, dummy. Hey, dummy. He just fired the coach. How is that acting like everything's fine? And he's talked about his mistakes, and I'm trying to change. What are you talking about everything's fine? He literally just fired the coach, dummy. Like, I it's just Kim Jones has blood for Dave Galvin because of her love for Odell. And it, it makes her work bad. Like, it just does. And we got into it with, um, you know, the douches over at Gotham. Like, it has made her work worse, her love for Odell. My, pro- my problem with Kim Jones is she, she's just not here every Sunday or every day. Those B reporters know this locker room much better. She has like- penance for Dave Gettleman. And those, and those comments – on Monday, of like some guy, some reporters were doing the bidding for Dave Gellman. Yeah, that was, I was like, shut up, Kim Jones. No that, one cares. Just that's shut a, up. That that's one a bold take to just throw out there, saying that reporters in She's that locker immature. room are. She's immature, and I I'm immature too, Danny. But I'm also not paid to be 
uh, unbiased reporter. She's immature, and it's like, we get that you love Odette, but why don't you just like request to go work in Cleveland or something? Like, what? Like, what's your point? Because you just she hates Dave Gellman for that trade. She hates the way that Odell looks, which is, I guess, is fine or whatever. But my gosh, just like, don't make everything about yourself. I don't know. I, I don't like Kim Jones, and I get that some people do. But it's like, what are you talking about? This Dave, Dave, you're acting like everything's fine. He just fired the coach. Clearly, he's not acting like everything's fine. He fired the coach, and he acknowledged that uh, if he that he's on notice and that he's going to get fired if things don't get better. Like, what are you talking about, Kim Jones? Yeah, I mean, that's just a bold claim to throw out there that two reporters are putting their reputation on the line to do Dave Gellman's bidding. I don't think many of those reporters in there would, frankly, want to do that. They put their opinions out there. It, she's just not in there every single day. That's the beat reporter job. She's there from NFL Network. I get it. That's fine. But, yeah, it's fine. I, I know what Odell did for her. I know the relationship they had. That that That's fine, but maybe it is hurting her just to put, put her uh, cloud in her judgment of the team. And that, I, I don't need her opinion to be for the Giants. That's the last thing I care about. I yeah, do I like Kim Jones, and, and I agree with her, and I agree with her takes every once in a while, but that take was bold. Saying that the culture in the locker is not good is a, is a terrible take because, yeah, what, Janor Shaggy is your word? That was bad, but look. He's gone. I, I didn't – there is not a, a sign that locker room had a bad culture in it. They, they all seemed like they were still – even though they were losing, they were having fun. Pat Shermer never fun, lost that like, locker room. Yeah. They, they didn't lose the locker room. Yeah, he never lost the locker room. I mean, I mean actually, they were kind of do having fun because, like, they were still playing ping pong all the time. But that's beside the point. Uh, that locker room was never lost. Don't tell me it was lost. If it was lost, I need examples. Because when Ben Mackey lost the locker room, he lost like literally every single player. Sherman lost no one. He was a player's guy. There is no culture problem in that locker room. Maybe when Odell got – when Dave Gilman should have Odell, maybe the locker room did clean up. But hey, you're acting like everything's fine. Right. Dummy. I just fired the coach. Does that sound rosy to you? Does that sound rosy? My gosh. And Dave Gilman, Pat Sherman, I, I, I mean, minus the Jay Glazer report, it seemed like they they were the guys that Pat Dave Gilman thought he would be retiring – and Pat Sherman would be the head coach in the New York Giants for years to come, and it clearly didn't work out. So he, Dave Gellin knows he's not fine because he knows his job is off the line. I mean, like, his reputation's on the line. If he doesn't turn this around, yeah, he drafted a quarterback, but you got to do more than that to appease the New York fan base. Yeah, whatever. Just piss off, Kim Jones. Useless. You're, use, you're useless to me. And and the point you made, like, we don't, we're not asking Kim Jones to speak favorably about the Giants. Like, And that's like the – like, people are like, oh, Matt Lombardo, it's, it's like – He's an Eagles fan. It doesn't bother me that he's an Eagles fan. What bothers me is that he pretends like, oh, I'm unbiased. When it's like, no, dude, you, you take shots at the team. When you tweet out a camp uh, that Daniel Jones threw an interception to the sideline and leave out the context that it was in the receiver's hands, he tips it up and then someone from behind gets it. That's when it's like, you're, you're, no, you're not being unbiased. You're being biased against the team. Um, and listen, like, I don't have a problem with like, Jordan Rain and being negative about the team. Because like he's just calling it like he sees. It. I don't have care about Dan Duggan being negative about the team or anybody. I don't need like a Homer reporter. But it's like, don't pretend you're being unbiased. Anyways, let's let's take a quick break, Danny, and let's get into a let's go through every friggin' Dave Gelman movie. It's the Dave Gelman episode. 
All right, so a lot of people are starting podcasts today. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. Their creation tools allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will, di- will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one play. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. You'll be glad you did. All right, Danny, are you ready to go through every single Dave Gettleman signing, trade, and free, and draft pick? Uh, this could be an experience. It, it could get ugly real fast. The debate on this could be could be something else, but I am ready to go through it. Okay, so let me let me preface it. We're not doing we're not including guys that were released and not like like bringing Eli back. We didn't like put that in there. What what we figured we do is we do every addition that was over. One million dollars, uh, with one exception, and no cut releases because you know when you really when you rebuild, I can't count not signing guys against you. Besides one move, and that would be Landon Collins, and then every trade. So every signing, every trade, every signing over a million dollars, every trade, and every draft pick, and we're rating it on a scale of one to five. So three means, um, three would be like. Big George. For me, I'll say Big George. He's a seventh-round pick. We don't know nothing. He may never play, but it's a seventh-round pick. You took a shot at a guy. One is horrible. Two is bad. Four is pretty good. And then five is you You love that that signing. So for me, Daniel Jones would be a five. So that's where we will. And then we're going to go through 2018 trade and free agency. 2018 draft. And do a total at the end. So are you, are you ready, Danny? I'm so ready. All right, now this is going to be fun. All right, let's pull it up. The first one, the first order of business, Pat Shermer. Danny, what do you have that number at? I gave I gave Pat Shermer a four because, hear me out. You want him fired, though. I But when you looked at it at first, Pat Shermer was the right hire and ad head coach with all the talent the Giants had. And when they did draft Saquon, they had Odell, Saquon, Shepard. Maybe he could have brought a rejuvenous Eli, but that was more forced upon him. Shermer was a great offensive-minded coach at the time. You can't deny that. But clearly something didn't click with him as a head coach in New York. So I like Pat Shermer's hiring, but yes, I wanted him fired. But when DG made the move, I was a fan of it. I'm not – I didn't know you back then, Bobby, so you may not have been a fan of it. But I was a fan of the move, and I think a lot of other people were a fan of the move at the time. Well, I have it at three because he got he got fired, so that's a failure. But when you look back at that, there's not a guy I would take over him besides Frank Wright, and Frank Wright was an emergency guy, so I can't count him. So like, like Schwartz from Philly, McDaniels, Patricia, um, none of those guys – I was a fan of. So I put it out of the three. So just kind of an even. So the next few ones, let's go through kind of quick. Jonathan Stewart, I got out of one. Yeah, same here. All right. That, that's self-explanatory. Kareem Martin, I put out of two. He's three years, $15 million. He wasn't horrible, but he got injured. Like, you can't plan on injury. Um, he didn't really affect the team negatively. I guess you could say the cap space. but he And he wasn't the worst player in the world. So I got him as a two. Bad, but not horrible. Uh, I got him as a two as well. Man, yeah, two, yeah. It, and we didn't share our numbers before this. So no, just, this is all this is all new to us. All right, Patrick, uh, Patrick Amame, three million for fifteen. What do you have it at, Danny? 
uh, a one because he was horrendous. <laughs> okay. All right. uh, I obviously have it as a one as well. All right. Next one. Nate Solder. Let's talk about this one. Four years, 62 million. Danny, I have it as a two. And I, I almost put this one as a three because it was the necessary move. Like, I don't look back and blame Dave Gellman for that at all. I know people do. I understand he's overpaid. But the way the left tackle situation was, Nate Solder was the best guy on the market. I was for it. Almost everybody was for it. The only people that weren't for it were people who just hate every move. I was for that. But because he has played so bad this year, I have to put it as a negative. So I have I have Nate Solder as a two. What do you have on that, Danny? I'm I'm in agreement with you. I have him at a two for all the reasons you said. It was a necessary signing. It made sense when it happened. He improved in the second half of last season, so you thought that would carry over to next season. It did not, and that's why I have him at a two. All right, next one, Cody Latimer. This was one year for 2.5, but he re-signed for less than that the next year. So, you know, two years. I have it as a four because I think he didn't cost anything, and I think he was a net positive. When he was in, he made some plays, um, for whether it was for Jones or Eli. It wasn't going out and, and falling, but for the contract and the risk, I have it as a four. I have it at a three. Because I look at the 2018 season when he had that hamstring injury and held him out for some time. He came back like maybe the second to last week or the last week. So I have he did make plays and he made plays this year, but he didn't blow me away. So I have him out of three. It was a good sign in. It was he's a fine player. Don't get me wrong, but I just have him out of three. All right. Next one. Michael Thomas, two for four. Now, I wanted to put this one out of four. Because he's not like a game changer, but he's a special teamer, pro bowler for the special teams. And he came in and like he flat out won us. He won like without him, we don't win the Tampa game. So I pit that one at a five. Like I understand uh, being at a four, but for what his age is, what he had accomplished and what he's done for us two years for four million dollars. I put that one at a five, Danny. I put it as a four. Uh, you just I mean, it could have been a five, but I put it at a four because as, as you said. That Tampa game, he won us that game. He made good plays on special teams last year. He is someone you can plug in there if need be. Like last year when Landon Collins had the injury, he was able to come in and fill that role nicely. And he's a good – he's someone you want to have in your locker room because the player's going to go ask him good questions. He's just a locker room leader. But his yeah. play on the, in the play on the field, he is good when you need him to be. He has bad moments, but when you – I'd rather have him be a backup than someone else. So I have and, Michael Thomas out of four. And we know for a fact – the young defenders looked up to Michael Thomas, him and Al Ogletree, guys he looked up to. Now, Ogletree, I'm not counting that for him because he sucked. All right, next one. Uh, this was an exception to the rule. Letting Andrew Adams and Darian Thompson go, cutting them, and signing Curtis Riley for a one-year $800,000 deal. Because of the disaster that Curtis Riley was, and Andrew Adams did decent for Tampa, Darian Thompson has played for Dallas, that one is a one for me. Yeah, I gave it a one because, as you said, Curtis Riley absolutely sucked. Darren Thompson, he didn't do anything special. Now with Dallas, Andrew Adams, I would rather have him over Thompson. So I gave it a one. All right, so let's get into the trades for that year. Jason Pierre-Paul for a fourth round or a third round pick that ended up being B.J. Hill. Uh, Danny, I put this out of four, not because, like, oh, we got B.J. Hill for Jason Pierre-Paul, but in a, a what should be a rebuild, 
They let go of that contract. No doubt Jason Pierre-Paul could have been a much bigger impact than B.J. Hill, and B.J. Hill hasn't been good. But I look at it as a net positive, a decent player in B.J. Hill for someone you were trying to unload in a big contract. Uh, I put that as a net positive, so I have that as a four. I put it as a three just because B.J. Hill didn't do much this year. I mean, obviously he had that good year last year, but he had like three or two of those sacks coming against the Bears. So I gave it a three. I see the potential in B.J. Hill, but just this year uh, was down for him, so I gave it a three. And especially if you look at Jason's availability in Tampa, we you could argue we won that trade since Jason was unavailable pretty much all year. Okay. That's that's wow, Dan. Wow, Danny, you're you're benefiting off a of guy's car accident. Piece hey, I'm not I'm not bad. It, it's the way of the road. Life happens. Danny, if you think about it, if he wasn't traded, maybe he wouldn't be in Tampa. It's, that, it's the butterfly effect. Anyway, it really would be. It would be. I mean, hey, he blew off his hand with us. So, oh, man, um, I can't joke about that because I'm going to blow my hand off in fireworks one day. I, I really hope, but I probably haven't. I all love right. you, Jason. And the granddaddy of them all. So when you say, like, how do you pick Michael Thomas out of five? Well, it's like, I wish I could put this one at a zero. A fourth-round pick for Alec Ogletree with a four-year, 40-something million dollar deal. Now, granted, he can be cut, so it was really a two-year, 20, like 20-something. I obviously have this one as a one. I have it at a two, which which might seem a little crazy. But the, the, the trade made sense at the time because we had, like, literally no linebackers. Our linebackers in 2017 were Calvin Munson. I can't even name the other guys. Uh, he had a decent 2018. It was it was not good by any means, but it was decent. And then 2019, like, he fell off like a cliff. Like, there was no returning for him, so that's why I gave him a two. I get the argument, like, okay, like, you kind of need to get a middle linebacker in there because he was the best middle linebacker on the team besides Ryan Connolly, who got hurt. But he has been the best middle linebacker on the team in the past two years. He's better than David Mayo. Don't give me the David Mayo crap. Um, and I, as I say that, I forgot that we we were supposed to put David Mayo. But, you know, David Mayo, we probably both put it at a three. So, whatever. He 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 doesn't affect it. Um so, but I, I think they could have went out and got somebody at least. If you're going to trade a fourth round pick, you could have got someone better than Alec Ogletree, or you could have trade, you could have drafted a middle linebacker, you could have drafted Fred Warner or somebody like that. So I have it as a one. Uh, all right, so now let's go through the 2018 draft, Danny. Six picks, starting with the second overall pick, Saquon Barkley. I have this one as a four because I like the Saquon pick. I was in the favor of the Saquon pick. None of those QBs made me feel safe. There were guys I liked, but I like Sam Darnold and I like Josh Rosen, but not neither one of those guys made me feel safe. Josh Rosen, um, who I was big on for trading for this year before Daniel Jones, his concussions and the fact that he might not be dead to the game scared me. And Sam Darnold, the turnovers, the supposed like, you know, he got mono and like there's rumors of that beforehand. That's what scared me. I had Darnold above Rosen. Um, so I like the Saquon pick, but I also understand the positional value, but I think Saquon's a positive for the team. So I have Saquon as a four. I gave it a five because as he's, uh, he's a generational talent. He's someone this offense will be built around and he, he just makes his offense better when he's in there, this offense and healthy. Let me add that part and healthy. This offense is a totally different animal. Like, when he came back and he was not healthy, this offense was really struggling. Daniel Jones had to make some incredible plays. When he was out, 
uh, Wayne Gallman did fine, but then when he then we had like all those other guys that came, especially in that Pages game, they did nothing. And I also looked at it in twenty uh, in this year's draft. We drafted Daniel Jones. We fixed the QB problem, so we got the QB of the future. We got our star running back of the future. I gave it a five. Okay, and I, there there is a trade down argument, but I think now you can't really we, say this. We, with the we can't Williams. predict that. Yeah, that's hard. It's hard to do that, and. Like the Denver one, Benjamin Albright, I do not. I don't believe any trade thing that comes out a year and a half later, and especially by Benjamin Albright, who's been a proven liar. All right, second round, Will Hernandez. I put this one out of five because I I love Will Hernandez. He didn't give up a single sack. Now he did not have a good year. He wasn't dominant, but for the second round, Will Hernandez, who I still will think will be really good, especially once we get a new O line coach in here. I put that one as a five. That one is a slam dunk pick for me. Like. That one, if we're in that spot again, I'm putting it. I'm putting Will Hernandez on the card. I gave it a four because of that last part I said. Uh, he, he just did not have an amazing 2019. Obviously, he had to maybe adjust to having a new quarterback. Maybe since Nate Solder was struggling, they didn't have that good chemistry. I gave it a four, but I, I would not change that pick for my life. That was a great pick up by Gentleman. Okay. All right. Lorenzo Carter, third round. What do you have that at? I have him as a three because he did good in twenty. He had he had his good moments in twenty eighteen when he made his way to the start defense. Twenty nineteen was pretty much a down year for him, but I see the long term potential with him. So I gave him a three because it'd be unfair to give him a lower grade than that. But giving him a higher grade than that, that would just be stupid. That would just be me like sticking to like what I said in the offseason, predicting Lorenzo Carter is going to have a great year. Okay, so I didn't think Lorenzo Carter was going to have a great year. I thought he'd have a de- I thought he'd have a better year than what he had. But we, it seemed like a sophomore slump. I still think he has a decent amount of talent. I put him as a four because he's a third-round pick. I think he's done pretty good production for a third-round pick in his first two years. Uh, I think we all expect him to have a better year next year. Uh, now, things could change, whether guys are brought back or whatnot, You know, if we change our defense up. So it can change. But I have it as a four because I view that pick as a positive pick. And I don't play the game like, oh, you could have drafted this guy. I don't play the woulda, coulda, woulda in the third round and on. It's really unpredictable at that point. All right, yeah. next one. All right, go ahead. No, I was just saying, yeah, I agree with that. You, if you hate Lorenzo Carter pick, who you can't tell me that it would have been – you just can't predict what could have happened. All right, B.J. Hill. I have him as a, a three or a four again. I, I view that in the third round as a net positive. All the same reasons for Lorenzo Carter. I mean, you can pretty much say the exact same things. Even though they ended up getting more defensive tackles at the time, that's a good pick. I gave it the same day as Lorenzo Carter, uh, a three. Enough, okay. had, a, had a fine 2018, uh, down 2019. All right, at least we're consistent. Kaloletta, easy one for me, for all the obvious reasons. Yeah, one. He's not on the team anymore. All right, and, and R.J. McIntosh in the fifth round, with a fifth-round pick, a guy who you know, just came in and played, had a couple sacks here and there. I don't think he's been a negative for a fifth-round pick. He definitely hasn't been a positive. I have him as a three. I have him as a... Adam has a free as well because he went in there, he made a few good plays, but he's not available all 2018, so I just gave him a free. Okay. So, Danny, when we added it all up for the year 2018, for your trades and free agencies, you have Dave Gettleman as a 2.3. So, below average, not flat out horrible, god awful, but below average. For the draft, you have him as. Uh, a 3.2. So 
So that is that's a slightly above average. And then as I do the math for the year 2018, you have him as a 2.625. So below average and not like not right on the line of average, but below average for me, Danny, for trades and free agency, I have him as a 2.8. So a little below average or sorry, 2.4. So well below average, just like you for the draft. I have it as a high 3.5 or yes, a 3.5 for the total. A 2.8, so below average. So first year, below average. So like we're below average on Dave Gettleman. So now let's go through 2019. And in 2019, I, cl- I include the in-season trades because those were looked to the future. So let's start at the top, Danny. <laughs> Snacks for a fifth round. What do you got that one as, Danny? I have it as a, a four because uh, we got – uh, I, I felt like that was a good trade value for Snacks because he's getting he was getting up there in age. He wasn't out there on the field as many times. It allowed us to get a more in-depth look at Dalvin Tomlinson, and that's what I liked. And unfortunately, I hate to bring it up, but look at Snacks this year. He's contemplating retirement. It, it sucks, but I had to take that into account. And, yeah, I gave it a four. Yeah, I had a four, too, for the same exact reasons. You're unloading money, so you get it for a pick, and it's a positive. Um, and we got Darius Slate in the fifth round. I know that pick was used for another one, but we get Darius Slate in the fifth round. So I have it as a four as well. Eli Apple for a fourth round and a future seventh round. I have it as a four for the exact same reasons. A guy you're not investing to the future, and and he hasn't been good in New Orleans. He's been all right, but he hasn't been good. Uh, I have it as a four because you're unloading a guy that you don't want, and you get draft capital back, and you got Ryan Connolly with that pick. I gave it a five because the Saints desperately needed the corner, and they just called us hoping Eli Apple will develop into something. As you said, he's done fine in uh, New Orleans, nothing crazy. So I gave it a five because I feel like we kind of robbed the Saints with that. Okay, Landon Collins walking. Now, you have to remember, we're going to get a third-round compensatory pick. Now, it's at the end of the third round, so it's a, it's a very late third round. Danny, what do you have for letting Landon Collins walk? And this is an exception because we don't have guys like getting cut or walking on, on here. But I, I decided it was a big enough deal to put on there. I gave it a furry because Landon Collins, one, we were never paying him that much money. I'm not sure. Maybe he never would have had that offer if the Giants even just offered him anything. Maybe he would have just signed right away. But Jabril Peppers, he had a fine year, but then he got injured. So I had to take that into account. Landon Collins did nothing crazy down in uh washington so i gave it a three just because real peppers wasn't anything spectacular and he had the injury that cut his season short i give it a five because getting him that contract was never an option you get what was probably better thing than you offered matt miller saying they or offered a first is unbelievably stupid that's what i'm saying don't believe any trade rumor that comes out months after the fact like i'm serious it's just stupid and even trade rumors in general especially from guys like matt miller if it's not coming from Ian Rapport, Adam Schefter, or Jay Glazer, honestly, you shouldn't believe it. Uh, so I gave it a five. And Landon Collins has not been good in Washington this year. All right, now let's get down to the nitty-gritty. Olivier Vernon for Kevin Zeitler. For me, that's a five. It's the easy one. Because Vernon, who everyone thought we were just going to flat-out cut, and then you get a very solid guard who's been top five at his position for the, almost the majority, for almost all of his career, I have, that's an easy five for me. Same here. That's a five for me. All the reasons you said. All right. Now, this one will be controversial, at least for my take. Odell Beckham Jr., the granddaddy of them all, for Jabril Peppers, Dexter Lawrence, and a third-round pick that turned into O'Shane Zimnes. Now, 
I'm not high on O'Shea and Ziminis, but if you told me for Dexter Lawrence and Jabril Peppers, I'd still have it as a net positive. It's a five for me, dog. I love Dexter Lawrence. He's my he's probably my favorite player on that defense. Like I, he's probably the best player on that defense right now is, is Dexter Lawrence. And then Jabril Peppers, who was the best playmaker for this team. I mean, he was awesome for us. Like you could, there's no denying how awesome he was for us. And Odell, with all the the emotional stuff, that stuff got on my nerves. I get that it might not on everybody's, but for me personally, I couldn't stand it. I was ready to trade uh, Odell after the Josina interview. And then when that following Thursday against the Eagles where he left uh, for the, the locker room before halftime, that I was d- out on Odell. So for me, it's a five. And just seeing how bad the Browns were this year. I, I could have given it that high. I gave it a three. Now, here's why. I didn't. Dexter Lawrence, I love him. I, I am so happy we got him. Oh, Shane did drag it down for me because he when he was out there, he did do anything crazy. His only other good game, I believe, was – the Washington game, or is the one before that? I don't remember which one off the top of my head. Hell in Cleveland, it was just a bad time with the Freddie Kitchens, all the drama that happened there. I gave it a three because the Giants won the trade this year, but maybe next year the Odell could just go off. Dexter may have a down year. So I gave it a three because, in my opinion, it's too soon to fully give the grade on that. It would probably take at least another year for me to say we won this trade. Okay. All right. That's fair. All right, Antoine Bethea, two for six, one, because he was really bad. One, yeah. Okay, Marcus Golden, one million for three. That's a five. Marcus Golden had the mo- had double-digit sacks. He was a playmaker for this team. Um, now, it would have been nicer if we got him for three on that kind of money, but he probably, he probably wanted to bet on himself. That's a five for me. Yeah, I, I gave it a five because I, I expected nothing out of him. I thought it was just a sign just to give James Badger some familiarity. But he went out there and blew away my expectations, a good amount of expectations from a lot of people. I do hope we bring him back. That's just on another note. But, yes, he got a five from me. Golden Tate for four years, $37 million. Because of the suspension, it really can be a one-year deal, or you could, you could cut him after any of those years. He was really good this year. Um, he was the guy that Golden Tate or Daniel Jones felt the most going to in contested throws. He made some amazing ones, the New England one, the Chicago one, this past one against Philly. Uh, I think he'll be really big for Daniel Jones next year. It's a five for me. It's, 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 it's more than a net positive. It's a move that I really like. It's a five for me. I gave it a four because the suspension, unfortunately, it happened, that dragged down the grade. And I do see how he's a good person to have. For this wide receiving group, it's young enough. Daniel Jones can rely on him if need be. As you said, there are some passes, some great passes he's caught. He's dropped some some pretty bad ones, but I think Tate will fix that up in the offseason. He's going to go out there and dominate and make the Giants look right for giving him that contract. Okay, Mike Remmers, one year for $2.5 million. What do you have this one at, Danny? I have it as a four because Mike Remmers, you know what? No, I'm changing it to a five. I'm changing on air because Mike Remmers. Five. You're I'm, crazy. I'm not crazy because we we went from Chad Wheeler to Mike Remmers. Maybe this is just because we went from who we had, but I got just because it went from Chad Wheeler. He was he made some he we got better. We what we got from Mike Remmers is nothing I would have expected. He went out there, he made some good blocks. He had a few bad games, but most of his games were good. Obviously the injuries were bad, but when he was in there, he really helped out this offensive line. He solidified the right side, so I gave it a five. Okay, I, I I actually like that reasoning a lot. The fact that Chad Wheeler would have been in there, and Chad Wheeler would have been flat out horrible. He would have been worse than Nate Soldier. So 
that actually is a really good point. Now, I have the four. I'm going to stick with my four because he wasn't a great tackle. But you know what? He was good. He was good. Don't tell me that because he's paid less than Nate Solder and Nate Solder was bad, he wasn't good. That is what goes into people's thoughts on Remmers. Remmers was good. He had a bad game against Arizona. And there was one other game that I can't remember that he he wasn't um, good at. But for the most part, Mike Remmers was re- – oh, the, the second Dallas game. Like the first Dallas game, he shut down Dexter Lawrence. Mike Remmers was a good. I have him as a four. All right, next on the list, B.J. Goodson uh, for a seventh-round pick to Green Bay. I have it as a two. The reason I have it as a one is because, you know what, like, was he going to be better than David Mayo? Um, like, he's not part of the long-term futures, but he could have been useful on this team. So I put it as a two. I put it as a two as well because I, w- I would have much rather have – I would have rather have him over Mayo, but as you said, he didn't do anything spectacular in Green Bay, so that would have been hard to tell how much he would have benefited this defense more. Okay. All right. Dayon Buchanan. I have as a four. He's a, he's a net positive. He came in for cheap halfway through the season. Um, I have him as a four. Four here. Same reasons as you. Okay. All right. Let's write it down. All right. Okay. All right. Now let's go through the 2019 draft. I, Let's try and go through this kind of quickly. Daniel Jones is a five for me. Yeah, he's a five for me as well. Dexter Lawrence, a five for me. I love Dexter Lawrence. I got him as a four just because it took him a few it took him a, a, a few few games to get developed into that NFL role. Yeah, and he had some games where he didn't do much, but yeah. I, going forward, I'd love Dexter Lawrence a four. Yeah. DeAndre Baker, I have as a three because he didn't he didn't look good this year, but I still have faith in him. But I don't have an, I don't have enough faith to put him as a net positive yet because of how bad he played. And he could be a, he could be a one on this, and he could be a five at this. So I put him as a three. Yeah, I put him as a three as well because he had a lot of bad moments this year, but he felt like he solidified more after he got called out in front of the team by Shermer. So I gave him a three. Okay, O'Shane Zimenez in the third round, I gave him a two. I don't see O'Shane really developing into anything special or anything like where you like you rely on him as a starter. I look at him as a, as a guy who come in and play 40 to 55% of the snaps, get, you know, five, six sacks a year in his better years. If you start him every game, he could have like a Marcus Golden year. But I don't, I'm not a big Ocean Zimenez fan. I have him as a two. Yeah, I have him as two as well because he really didn't do much this year when he was in. Yeah, he had that one good game where he had two sacks, but he didn't really contribute in any way, shape, and form. I mean, it's a totally different level from when he was at Old Dominion to now. Those teams were nothing compared to now. Right. All right. Julian Love, I have as a four. I'm a big fan of Julian Love. You move him to safety. He made some plays. Um, You know, he was – I thought he was going to go in the second round. So, Julian Love getting him in the fourth round. um, But he wasn't good enough for me to put him as a five, um, even though he was a fourth-round pick. So, I have Julian Love as a four. I gave him a three because it took Betcher some time to finally decide to put him in there. When he was in there, he made good plays. He he has a few bad plays. I just gave him a three because it wasn't big enough sample size for me to go out there and give him a four. Okay. Ryan Connolly, I forgot to write that. Ryan Connolly was a fourth or fifth round pick. Come on, internet. Hook me up. I, what, I feel like he was a fifth. Hold on, do, pulling up. He do, was. Do I know my Giants? He was a fifth round pick. You are correct. There we go. So, I know my team. Ryan Connolly, fifth round pick for what he showed. I view him as the starting middle linebacker for the New York Giants for a long time. Now he's injured, so this might be like I get might get a little pushback on this one, but he's a five for me. Like for the at, getting that in the fifth round, that's a five for me. 
on is the injury that made me give him a free because I don't know how that ACL tear will affect him going forward. When he was in there, he was a great middle linebacker, and I truly believe he will be our starting middle linebacker next year. It's just how much did that ACL injury take away from him. But the good thing is he's had a good amount of time. He'll have a good amount of time to recover. He should be back out there ready to go. So I gave him a three. All right, Darius Slayton, a five. You get him in the fifth round, that's a five for me. Yeah, that's a five. What, what we fought, we saw good from him. Mini camp, we, it was a struggle, but then training camp, he went out there, dominated, and when he was in there, him and Jones connected really well. I gave him a five. Corey Ballantyne, sixth round, not much to lose. He came in, played some games in Nichols, had some bad games against team's number one wide receivers, but he's a guy with talent. He could develop into something he might not. This is a three for me. Uh, I agree with you. Three for me, all the same reasons. All right. Big George, we have no idea. Seventh round pick, you're not losing much. Um, I have him as a three. We may never see him, but for me, it's a three. It's a seventh round. You're not really risking anything. I gave him a two just because he's okay. a seventh round. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> all right, Chris Slayton. Now, I'm going to contradict myself, but there was two guys out of all the undrafted free agents and draft picks where I had nothing positive to say. By the way, we're not doing the undrafted free agents because Nick, like, it's just that'd be, that, would, that would mess up the average. Chris Slayton and John Hillman. Chris Slayton, I had nothing positive to say, so I'm, I'm actually putting him as a one. Yeah, one for me, because what did he do? Nothing. Literally contributed nothing. Okay. All right. Okay. All right. Let's, now let's do the averages, Danny. 18. Now I do some little math. I'm doing yours. For your free agency and trades, which includes, you know, Landon Collins letting go and Odell and, and Kevin Zeitler, your average was a 4.5. So you had it as, like, an excellent, Danny. Like, excellent, excellent. I mean, it's, I mean, he made some good draft picks for the future. This free agency class was much better than 2018. That That's why. That's well, we, we went through it, so you don't have to explain it. But, yeah, no. And then I your draft, 3 point, or sorry, your, the draft, you had a 3.1. For your total... You had a 3.8, so above average and by by a decent amount. Um, for me, I had those trades and free agencies as a four. That's high, it's high. I think it's 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 a it's a definitely a net positive on those because you include those. Uh, for the draft, I had as a as a is that right? The draft I had a 3.6. So again, a positive. You get Daniel Jones, you get these guys. It's a 3.6 for me. And for the total, I had at a 3.8. So we both we both end up as a 3.8 for that year. All right. And so for 2020, the only now we fired the coach, so we you know the head the new head coach comes into this. So I only put Leonard Williams. For me, Danny, it's it's a, it's a one. I, I I do not like that trade at all. We we can go. We went into it a billion times, but I think you could have just went and got him in free agency. You should have just overbid for him. You should have overpaid for him in free agency if you wanted him. I get the idea of getting him so nobody else trades for him, even though I don't necessarily believe that. For me, it's a one. I I, I don't like giving up draft picks for someone you could have just went and got. This is gonna be really, really controversial. I know it is. I I may get, I, I if people hear this, I'm just gonna get a good amount of people for it. I gave Leonard Williams the trade of four, it because I view his long term potential. As something I, I get why Dave Gellman took a risk on. Now, maybe the Jets were playing with Gellman a little bit here and made it seem like there's more teams that are trying to get him. 
and Dave Gelman's side took the bait and just gave up the draft picks. But how Leonard Williams, he was a he made he didn't get the sacks, but he was able to put pressure on quarterback. Him, Dexter Lawrence, and Tomlinson, I could see them being the trio of that defensive line. I give Leonard Williams a trade of four now, obviously. It seems according to Dave Gelman, Leonard Williams went into his office and said, I want to be here. So hopefully that means we get a contract going. And now once we get the contract, it will put then once he gets a contract, then he just needs to go out there and perform and prove Gelman right for giving up the draft picks, giving him a nice contract. I gave Leonard Williams a four. All right. So we understand this isn't perfect. There's so many more factors, but we couldn't do a whole show going into every releasing. It just it would it wouldn't have worked out. So Danny, your total is a three point one. Slightly above average so you have him as average i have him as a 3.3 so i think we both have it as an average but a little more on the positive side and danny the and and what goes into me saying he should have been fired is the fact that you get these guys off cycle we went into that in all last episode if you want to if you want to hear our thoughts on that get into that in last episode and we talked about it all in the presser part in the first half all right that's the show we appreciate you guys we'll be back next week danny i love you uh, I love you too, Bob. All right. I love you, Danny. All right. We'll see you guys next week. Until then, let's go big.